O God, pour out your spirit on us. With your word, enlighten us. Open our ears, open our minds, open our hearts, so that we might live in hope through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Today's scripture reading is the 124th Psalm. There are 150 songs, hymns, or poems in the book of Psalms. The 124th is one of the 15, that is numbered 120 through 134, that are called Psalms of Ascent. Remember that Jerusalem is sits on a hill so that pilgrims who were going there from any direction would go up or ascend. Now, according to Psalm scholar Nancy Walford, the Psalms of Ascent were traditionally recited at the Feast of Tabernacles, which is also called the Feast of Booths or Succoth. This feast, it's a feast in the autumn of the year. It commemorates God's care for the Israelites during the time of the wilderness wanderings. The closest thing we have to that now, to that, the closest thing we have to that event is our National Day of Thanksgiving. But the children of Israel, they gave thanks without the distractions of the NFL and Black Friday sales <laughs> starting on Thursday. You might say that the 15 Psalms of Ascent, that was the that was the Thanksgiving songbook for the children of Israel. But these are not songs that they sang once they arrived at the temple at church. They were songs for the pilgrims to sing on the journey there. <coughs> what songs do you sing on the way to church? Another psalm scholar, James Lindbergh, says that the 124th psalm, is, it's related to its neighbors. In the 123rd psalm, the community had asked for help. Now, the common English uh, Bible version of that third verse of that, verse is, of that psalm is, uh, Have mercy on us, Lord. Have mercy because we have had more than enough shame. Haven't we all had more than enough shame? Well, the, the, uh, the first five verses of the 124th Psalm, they're going to celebrate God's help and, and we'll end up with that marvelous declaration, our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. This acknowledgement of God's providence, of our dependence on God, that was important in Old Testament days and it is today too. This year... The Protestant world is celebrating the 500th anniversary of the Protestant Revolution, or Reformation. It was a revolution. It's a good time to mention that John Calvin, good old Presbyterian forefather, designed the worship service for the churches in Strasbourg and in Geneva. When he designed those, he had the service begin with that same confession, that affirmation of faith. In the last verse of the 124th Psalm, our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. You see, when they had arguments about religion, they didn't just defriend you on Facebook. They fought with you and they fought with swords. It was deadly battle for many. 
But then in the next Psalm, the 125th, it's going to paint a picture of those who trust in God's help. They that trust in the Lord shall be as Mount Zion, which cannot be moved, but abideth forever. As the mountains are round about Jerusalem, so the Lord is round about his people from henceforth even forever. Now, the 124th Psalm was thought to have been used in worship with a congregational response. So you'll notice that the first verse ends with the priest calling for the congregation to say what he had just said. I don't know whether y'all remember John Hartford. He's the fellow who wrote. Glenn Campbell sang General on My Mind, but John Hartford is the man who wrote it. And often on his bluegrass songs, he would line it out. You know, he'd sing a line, and then the audience would sing a line. It was fun singing with such a talented fellow. Well, they were doing some, a church version of that. But today, today I'm just going to ask you to listen. Just listen now for God's word for us as I read the King James Version of the 124th Psalm. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, now may Israel say, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side when men rose up against us, then they had swallowed us up quick when their wrath was kindled against us. Then the waters had overwhelmed us. The stream had gone over our soul. Then the proud waters had gone over our soul. Blessed be the Lord who hath not given us as prey to their teeth. Our soul is escaped as a bird out of the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken and we are escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. O Lord, may my words and may our, our thoughts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Have you ever wondered, what if Dr. Paul did not start his sermon with a question? What if that happened? What would that be like? <laughs> well, in the 124th Psalm, we have two what ifs and a threefold then. Now, I don't know about you, but I love what ifs. The, that simple question, what if? It's the basis for so many stories told in books and movies and TV series. What if there were someone who was a good person who had superpowers and used those for truth, justice, and the American way as Superman did. What if a group of people got together and even though they had differences, they made things work out? You know, the, the Marvel comic version of what if? And on and on. And then also, what if? Well, it's the basis for much development of science of theology, and many, many, many realms of knowledge. Of course, there's another side to what if, and I call that what-if-itis. When I was a psychologist working for the state, many of the people I dealt, tried to work with and help would have, uh, they were dealing with what I call what-if-itis. 
What if I go to, what if my test results from the doctor come out bad? What if he changes my medicine and I can't take it? What if that dog that bit me, oh, what if he has rabies? What if, what if, what if? What if itis? In fact, it came up so often I used to have a little plan. I said, now first, it helps to name the fear because even worse than what if and you fill it in is what if and it just lets live blank. Sort of a generalized, unspecific anxiety. In fact, there are those who said that we live in an age of anxiety. What if North Korea does send a missile our way? What if someone uses some biological weapon? What if a meteorite is headed our way and we don't have anything to deal with it? No superheroes or what? What if itis? Well, it helps to name the fear, name the what if. Put it into words, because sometimes when you put something into words, it has less power than when it was a vague, shadowy figure. And I think it helps to figure out, okay, what if that terrible thing happened? What would I do? Well, if the car broke down, we would call for a ride. <laughs> if we ran out of gas, we'd humbly Go down to the station, right? See if we could buy a can. Something. That figure out what would you do if that big thing happened? Because many things are just, it's a problem. We deal with it. And that's the third step is finding some grace, some courage to whatever it is that we're afraid of. If it happens, figure out how to deal with it. So many times people think, oh, I'll be overwhelmed. I couldn't deal with it. Uh, I remember many people were afraid to say something because people will laugh in my face. Well, I don't know about you, I've only had people laugh in my face twice. And in 68 and a half years, that's pretty good. <laughs> now maybe they were laughing other times in my face and I didn't know it, but uh, there were two times that I was aware of it. And I just thought they were being rude, but I dealt with it, it wasn't the end of the world. And that's the other part is that so many times the things we're afraid of you say, well, if it happens, it's not the end of the world. What if this friend breaks up with me and doesn't like me? Because, well, I have to, I have to do what Miss Louise always recommends: keep making new friends, <laughs> keep your old ones. She says too, but keep making new ones. Well, then there's the other part of our title: there's the what if, and then there's the thens. Then is a hard and worrisome thing to contemplate sometimes. Just for example, last Monday, in NBC's coverage of the eclipse that night, one lady who had been in the path of totality. She was so impressed with the drama of the event of the, of the eclipse and so distressed with how quickly it passed by. She goes, I just wish it could last forever. <laughs> well, clearly, she had imagined the what if, but she had not considered the then. Well, you think about it. If the moon obstructed the sun forever, as she wanted. Well, you know, in two minutes, the temperature dropped 10 degrees, they said. Well, if it stayed there in the way, it would keep dropping and dropping and dropping till everything froze. Without sunlight, photosynthesis would cease. Plants could not grow. And then we wouldn't have plants or animals to eat. And eventually, life on Earth would be no more. You and I and all the life on this Earth depend on the sun's warmth and light. 
Well, as I said before, in the 124th Psalm, we have two what ifs and a threefold then. The first of those thens, uh, the second verse asked twice, if it had not been for the Lord who was on our side, well, what if we did not have God with us on our side, caring for us, watching over us, guiding us? What if? And the threefold then, the threefold thens, well, that comes up in the third and fifth through fifth verses that they tell us about the consequences, then what would happen. Well, the first then in verse three says, then they would have swallowed us up quick when their wrath was kindled against us. Now, swallowed up quick does not mean being swallowed fast but being swallowed alive. It's like what we say in the Apostles' Creed later, we say we believe that Jesus will come to judge the quick and the dead. That is, those who are alive and those who are not. This kind of metaphor comes up in the book of Jeremiah when the prophet describes what Babylon's King Nebuchadnezzar had done to Israel. He has eaten us alive. He has drained us of strength. He has left us for dead. He has gobbled us up like a great sea monster. He has filled his belly with our treasures, and he has spit us out. He wasn't real crazy about Nebuchadnezzar. The second, the second then, in verse 4, says, Then the waters had overwhelmed us, and the stream had gone over our soul. And the third then is in verse 5. Then the proud waters had gone over our soul. You see, the, the second two thens use water metaphors. You've heard me say before that uh, when we think of the sea, well, except when some hurricane is bearing down on us, when we think of the sea, we usually conjure up some notions of uh, a day at the beach. But in Bible days, the raging sea was often a matter for chaos. John Mays has written that much of every person's life is spent fighting anarchy, paying bills, meeting schedules, and a whole range of activities are undertaken merely to clear a little space in which we can feel at home. Two verses of Psalm 124 describe being delivered by God as being like a bird, escaping the teeth of predators like escaping the fowler's snare. Blessed be the Lord who hath not given us as a prey to their teeth. Our soul has escaped us as a bird out of the snare of fowlers. The snare is broken and we are escaped. Escaped from our troubles. And then... This psalm ends with a powerful affirmation of trust in God, of faith, of hope. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. So, when we are feeling alienated, overwhelmed, when life's troubles threaten, threaten to swallow us alive, when the flood of our problems threatens to sweep us away, when the river of life's challenges threatens to overwhelm us, when we feel like we feel like we are prey in the teeth of our troubles. Remember that our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. If you find yourself asking, pleading, as in another Psalm of Ascent, 121, 
And they say, I will lift up my eyes unto the hills. From whence cometh my help? Remember the psalmist's answer there was, my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Or, as the Apostle Paul wrote in the 8th chapter of Romans, I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else and all of creation, nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Thanks be to God. May God who knows us and loves us anyway, who calls us, saves us, and blesses us, may God bless us with vision to see, faith to believe, and courage to act. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you, and the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.